The following event is a more Ace Audio production. Introducing first, from London, England, the team of Ace and Skillet. This is the kickout. Come on. Okay, listen, welcome to a brand new episode of The Kickstart. It's WrestleMania, the WrestleMania review special show. Uh, we just came off the back of two nights of night one and night two of WrestleMania. And of course, myself and the whole, well, the whole cookout gang, apart from Ace, are here to talk about WrestleMania 37. How is everybody, first and foremost, obviously? How are you guys? I actually feel great. I haven't been up uh, watching all of this uh, fascinating wrestling, so I feel great. I feel pretty good. Uh, uh, let's go with let's, let's ask Max how he's doing. Max, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, not too bad. A bit tired, but I knew it was coming, so I didn't plan to do anything today. And Tay, and Tay, you're good. Yeah, I'm good. Just tired, tired like everyone else, but we good. Yeah. This is going to be a hell of a show. I'm <laughs> not keen on the product and three people exhausted. Let's do it. Uh, well, yeah, we've, you know, before we dive into our thoughts on WrestleMania, there's a few comments I've got on Twitter from some um, wrestling fans. Uh, shout out to Kinetic, who was on the show doing our Hall of Fame review. He says, it was a fun night. because It was a really fun night, but seeing Bad Bunny do the Canadian Destroyer was the final straw for me. The move means nothing to me anymore. P.P. Williams should be in the Hall of Fame for that move alone. Respect to Bianca Belair, though, I, I felt tearful. Uh, so that's one of his comments. Another one's uh, from Zaire, who says, uh, I thought it was a great first night. Bad Bunny brought it. Cesaro, rolling, Cesaro and Seth tore it up, and Banks and Belair did themselves proud while making history. So no one's really, no one's really mentioning night two. Um, so we'll get to more comments and uh, questions later. But um, should we talk about night one? Max, please give us a little rundown of how night one went, even with the whole storm and the, the, the malarkey with the weather and everything. Oh, 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 Max is... Um... <laughs> Well, maybe I should start it then. Um, yeah, we'll edit this when it's time. Is this live though? No, he's just it's recording live. Max, I asked you a question and you you went missing. You're okay. I'm all good. I'm all good. The internet's acting, but yeah, that's all right. We're gonna restart the question again. <laughs> Why don't we start again with more energy, guys? <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> So, Max, how did you uh, let's, let's 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 talk about WrestleMania 37? Um, Max, would you mind please doing the honors of giving us a little rundown how night one went, and uh, even with the whole weather trouble that we faced at the beginning? So, the show was delayed by 45 minutes, I think it was in the end, um, because of the torrential rainfall, and uh, the, I think there was like hurricane scares and stuff like that in Florida, so um. That was delayed. In the meantime, they gave us a lot of backstage interviews with people wrestling on the night, people wrestling on night two, just filler kind of stuff, real improvisation, if you like, um, before 
um, the first match started. And all this happened in between Vince coming out and welcoming everyone back. Um, and then, you know, they sang America the Great and all of that, kind of America the Beautiful. And then, um, yeah, then all of this happened. Then I, have to say, I have to say, when Vince did that, I was charged. I was so gassed. <laughs> I was so... It was amazing when Vince did that. And I think everybody was excited for this mania. And then, then the delay happened. I honestly think that's how WrestleMania should start, though. Like, all the time. Like... Vince, Vince has done it before, previously, uh, a few times, but not but not every year. You're right, not every mania. He doesn't do it all the time. But yeah. I don't um, think he but, should. He should. But he, yeah, looks, yeah, yeah. he looks really scary. Was it just me? I was like, what is going on with his face? It's extra pulled and the art is too much. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. He's getting up there. He's getting up there in age, isn't it? Um, first match on the night, Bobby Lashley, um, champion, WWE champion, facing Drew McIntyre. Um, what we all kind of assumed was a foregone conclusion with Drew McIntyre gonna pick up the title, get his big win in front of crowds, as we had been told and led to believe. Really good match from these guys. It, it started with a with a bang as they wanted it to. Um, and to just kind of get towards the finish, we saw. Um, a hurt lock get locked in for quite a while. I think this is one of the longest I've seen without someone tapping out or passing out to the point where Drew was all the way down on his knees, um, passed out, and the bell was rung. Bobby Lashley retained. And I think there was a, there was a shock factor amongst probably everyone watching it, definitely everyone in the crowd, that um, Drew McIntyre actually did not win this match. Um, this is actually, in terms of the finish, was a callback to a slammiversary match that these guys had in Impact just before they both actually returned to WWE. Um, really shock finish, shock way to start the show, I guess. MVP went on one backstage and all kind of backstage interviews and stuff like I told you guys that this guy was going to win. Um, so he's obviously still putting over um, almighty Bobby Lashley very big. But yeah, start great start to the show, I thought. All right, let's let's talk before we talk about the uh, before I give my opinions on the Lashley Drew McIntyre match. Uh, how did you guys? I mean, Flu, you didn't watch this live, did you, Flu? You did not. I did not. No. no. Did so. So with the delay that happened, the forty-five minute delay, did you just skip that altogether? Or did yeah, it all right for me. I went. <laughs> right. I heard Jeff Rollins go. Ha-ha, well, everything's crazy. <laughs> right. Went right. Let me tell so, you. <laughs> and I was there. Donald, this, this is, I want to I address this because it, it kind of gave me an insight of why I understand I understand why creative don't give the wrestlers <laughs> um, free range to do promos now. Yep. I get, I get it. Um, and, and I think, th here's the thing, right? This, I think there is some points that we, that you can make that are, you know, creative needs to do a bit better for the talent or there's certain talent that's not getting pushed. There's certain people that are being wasted. And I do, there is some validity to that. There's some, you know, yeah, you can say that, but at the same time, I do feel like we're in a bit of an era where the wrestlers that we have today are not the stars that we think they are. They're really not. Like, like if you, if this 45 minute delay happened in the attitude era, those wrestlers at that time, would have made that 45 minutes so entertaining. They would have made it work. They would have made it work from promo, anything. It was so painful to watch. Like, I think Big E did a good job when he improvised with his promo. Big E did really well. But it was it was painful to see, like, you know, Seth Rollins was struggling with a promo. The Lashley-Drew kind of fallout backstage was a bit... I mean, Drew was pissed off. 
legitimately pissed off. But that was a bit awkward to watch. Kevin Owens was struggling to cut a good promo. It was just not. It was just awkward to watch, and I just feel like Kevin Owens didn't. No, nah. I, I thought. I thought personally, Kevin Owens was good because mm-hmm. I, I thought. I thought he was decent. I thought Biggie, like you mentioned, was decent. I think Seth Rollins struggled because the interviewer came in just talking about his drip. So once he had finished talking about what he was wearing, it's like, where do we go from here? She never really asked him about, yo, you're gonna take on Cesaro and stuff like that. Um, the Drew McIntyre Bobby stuff was a bit awkward just because you guys want to kill each other. Like, why don't you just do it? <laughs> like, what's mm. all this, you know, less, you know, uh, like, I, I hate you and all this stuff, like, save it for the ring. So, yeah, but definitely I do understand the point that, you know, not everyone, that that's why they have direction. Yeah. Because, well, yeah. They know what you mean, it, in the olden days, people would have grabbed that opportunity, wouldn't they? And yeah. wanted to say that. I wanted to try and do this. I think if Kevin, I'm, I'm say sorry, I didn't see it. But if Kevin Owens didn't give a good promo, maybe it's because he's utterly, utterly unmotivated. Like, I've, you know, I don't, not- I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too harsh to Kevin Owens. Obviously, it's, it's improvisation. It's like off the whim. You're gonna say something quickly. You gotta think on top of your head, and it's not, not, not all the time. That's gonna be a success, but. I know. I just feel like, mm, okay, they they had a chance to say whatever they want, and they didn't do it. They didn't do it. But is that because they, but is that because they don't have that chance to do it a lot of the time? So if you have to improvise all the time, you would then be on guard to be like, okay, guys, we've got forty-five minutes. We need to do. All right, cool. I'm ready. Whereas they're now like, we've got forty-five minutes to do this. Okay, where's my script? Um, there isn't. You're going on that. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a very good point. That's exactly what Tay says, 100% correct, because it's like when a stand-up, for instance, Eddie Murphy wants to go back on tour, so he's waiting for the lockdown stop because he needs to go and he needs to go and practice. Because, you know, if you don't do stand-up, you've got to do it again and again and again and again. Because these guys are so not used to practicing at the moment, not giving proper promos, when it matters, skillet, like you say, like Tay says, they just weren't, those muscles weren't ready to flex, if you know what I mean. Right. All right, let's talk about the first match. Let's go with Tay first. Tay, what was your thoughts on uh, Bobby Lashley retaining the WWE Championship? I was pleasantly surprised and actually shocked because I had it in my head. I was like, yep, he's going to come out of that hurt lock. How is he going to come out of that hurt lock? Because nobody does. He's going to do it and he's going to give him a kick. And there he goes, pin. Bobby Lashley's done. We're finished. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, this just made my night. Like, it, it, set, up, it set the tone for the rest of the show. You're like, okay, we're not going with the obvious now. Let's see what happens. Flu, right decision? Uh yeah, right decision. I just I think I think there's a, we got a couple of like for instance, the this match reminded me of the Drew Sheamus match, which was done recently three times and slightly better. So I think that affected the match for me just in my head. Plus, if we were gonna do this for Lashley, quite rightly. Surely it would have made sense for him to get the belt on this night somehow. I, I'm, like I say, I'm not, you know, trying to book it and stuff, but I think it, rather than him getting a kind of surprise win, it would have been nice if he won the title at WrestleMania. Just thought, I don't really care. One thing I, I noticed is the way he won was very interesting to me. So uh, Drew didn't tap out. He passed out. Mm-hmm. So that seems to me that they're really going to try and book Lashley to be a monster that just knocks people out when he's doing that that obviously that um full nelson uh, it's the full nelson that's what do they call it it's the full nelson but um <laughs> when he applies to full nelson he, he's gonna knock people out obviously 
people are saying after the after the match. So why? What was the point of breaking up hurt business? But now, now I understand, and 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 now I feel okay. The fact that you broke up hurt business to actually just focus on Lashley being a monster, I, I get it. I totally understand it. Um, some people ask some questions. I got a question from Kofi here. Uh, he says, first of all, I enjoyed the show and I hope you guys are well. Two questions. Okay, we'll get to the second question later. But he said, what was the point of break up the hurt business? And so that's what, and another, another, another person has said, Nathan says, what's the point of break up hurt business for that? So many people message us saying, what's the point of break up? But I think, I think it was a good thing. If you're going to push Lashley to be that monster heel, kind of like a Lesnar, have MVP be like the new Paul Heyman. I can understand why Vince decided, yeah, no, no more hurt business. Right, uh, Max, what's your point? They were getting, oh, they were getting two over. So he still, they, despite Drew not being the babyface champion, he still had to be the babyface. Mm. So they didn't want that, you know, the mixed lines of you know who's the face, who's the heel here. Um, like you said, they're gonna probably keep going with Bobby on this kind of monster run that he's on. He'll probably run into Drew again probably tonight. That's what I was gonna say next. Do you think he's gonna keep? Do you think because he didn't hit the claymore, do you think Drew's going to keep him warm till, say, SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what everyone's kind of looking forward to now. It's got to be Lesnar at the next big one, which will be SummerSlam. I think Drew McIntyre will have a case to come back. The whole reason that, you know, he passed out, he never tapped, he never gave up himself under his own fruition. So um, that's always going to leave room for him to come back. You're going to get Sheamus, maybe Keith Lee, maybe even Samoa Joe. That Samoa Joe has been taken off... Um, taken off commentary duties so there's a there's a nice yeah yeah he's no longer commentate on raw the whole raw announced table team has changed it as well so okay. um yeah there's a there's a few guys that they can line up for bobby lashley before hopefully a um, match with brock lesnar at SummerSlam. so uh you mentioned drew mcintyre you said also oh, you think you'll be back to face lashley uh we have a question from jason allen who says what's next for drew so obviously do you think after the Lashley feud, who's what's going to be what's going to be next for Drew? Do you think after that? I think he's sticking. This is the WWE. I think they're going to try and juice another three out of events out of Lashley versus Drew. Seriously, they're going to, aren't they? In the next one, you know, MVP will be in a cage above the ring. In the next one, he can't use the hurt lock, and the other one can't use the claymore. And then there'll be a fourth one. <laughs> they're just yeah. going to milk, milk it until the teat is dry. One thing I'm dreading is them possibly giving Drew McIntyre the money in the bank and him doing something like, right, I'm booking himself straight into the main event of WrestleMania next year to face the WWE champion. Because he's a baby face, he won't probably do, you know, the sneaky thing. But I don't feel the money in the bank is designed for people like Drew anyway. Like, Drew will always be in and around the main event. We need to use it to build a star, but I feel like they could put him in that match and that would be enough. That's a, it's a waste of a position already if he's in the match, if I, in my opinion. Like Tay said, a shock finish. I didn't see it coming, um, but I was very happy with Lashley retaining that title. Uh, what was the next match, please, Max? So we had the women's tag team turmoil match, um, basically a number one's contender match um, to see who's going to face um, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax on night two. Um, this match started with Lana and Naomi, who for many was the heavy favourites, going against Carmella, Billy Kay. They tussled for a bit. Shock, Naomi and Lana were eliminated. Out came the Riot Squad, who probably had the best showing from anyone within this match. Um, they eliminated Carmella and Billy Kay. Out came Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, 
who I must say were wearing some very provocative attitude era esque um, outfits. <laughs> um, we saw Mandy Rose slip on the entrance way. Um, so she's joined Titus World Slide, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, they were eliminated and out came Natalia and Tamina, who were, I guess, the powerhouse, somewhat again, favorites for this. And they eventually put away the Riot Squad and went on to um, night two to face Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler for the Women's Tag Championships. Before we talk about this match, we forgot to we forgot to mention something. Hulk Hogan got booed. Yeah, but they but they played they played cheers over it. Mm-hmm. Hulk yeah. Hogan got booed and they, they pumped in crowd noise over Hogan getting booed. But you, the one thing you can't get away with today is the truth when you have social media because Twitter <laughs> exposed Hogan getting booed. I mean, I noticed it even when I was watching it live. I was like, yeah, Hogan's getting booed, but um. It's a definitely confirmed that Hogan got booed, and he got booed. Did it make, you feel, did it make you feel happy when he, you, you saw this little bit of confused sadness in his face? And I just went, ha, you silly old racist. No. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what the funny thing is? Flu, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember at WrestleMania 35 when we, we were there in New Jersey and you got up and booed Hogan when he came out I with did. a and there wasn't, there wasn't that much booze for Hogan then, even though the story was red hot. I was surprised. I was just like, why isn't everyone else booing? Yeah, there was yeah. a couple next to me who kind of did a nice one. Nice <laughs> but now, you know, everybody's just tired. I think they're just tired of, you know, they know that this guy shouldn't be on TV anymore. And also, it's it's just the blatant sticking him next to Titus. Like, yeah. you know, just... Having it on what didn't he then didn't they even do some shtick where he said something like you're not allowed to say scallywags or something like that? Like he's telling him not to use a word that he shouldn't use. And I'm like, are they trying to make a joke out of this? Yeah, you yeah. mother effort. Mm. Oh but just yeah, just seeing him just kind of look all confused. Oh maybe it's all fuzzy. Probably the highlight of WrestleMania for me. Seeing a confused, <laughs> sad Hulk Hogan. Okay. <laughs> mm. Let's go back to the let's go back to the tag team tour ball match. Um Simon didn't text that I would say, yes, Mex is right. Um, Liv Morgan and Ruby Wright had the best showing. I love their in-ring gear as well. Uh, Ruby Wright came down as the Joker. Liv Morgan was Harley Quinn. Uh, but I am going to be real. I didn't really enjoy this match. Let's go with Flu. What did you think of this match? Oh, goodness. Why would you go with me? Um, it, it, was a, it was a pointless... If this would have been pointless and nonsensical on a SmackDown, it's WrestleMania. I understand, and I think it's great that they try to put as many of them as they can on the card. But one, you've got a really not being used. So I thought, okay, surely we're going through all of this because we're going to get somewhere. There's going to be some secret idea. They've got an idea. And then it just led to a heel versus heel, bizarre, awful match the next night. So it just didn't make any sense to me. And thank God there were some other good women matches to represent the Women's League because I thought this was... Tay? I mean, I have I have big issues with the women's tag team division because the whole point of them having the tag team belts is that you don't just put two people tagging together. You have tag teams. You build two strong women tag teams. The only tag team that was there was the Riot Squad. Maybe Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke when they fully kind of get together. But like, why would you have Billy Kay and Carmella? Billy Kay was with. Peyton Royce in Iconics. Why break them up and then put her with someone else? 
Why do you have Lana with Naomi? Lana who just leeches on to anybody and takes whatever gimmick there is. It just, it's, it's very irritating. Okay, she does the splits as well. She does the splits. That's not fair. Lana does the splits. <laughs> How dare you say that? She does the, she stands next to people and she does that. She's very talented. Continue, Tay. Sorry. I just want to slander Lana's talents. I just think that they should put more effort into it instead of just, like, they're just doing exactly the same thing that they've been doing for years. Just putting women together and saying, hey, here, tag together for the next like three months and then we'll just put you with someone else. Build proper tag teams. So there, yeah, like you said, it was just, it just seemed so pointless. And the winners, ugh, I'm, ugh, I, I don't have much to say about them. You know what was funny to me? The fact that they split the Iconics to push Peyton Royce. Yet Billy Kay was on WrestleMania and Peyton Royce was nowhere to be seen. Remember what I said about my fairy? What did I say about my fairy? I think Peyton Royce is going AEW. I honestly think this is happening. I said this, I said this a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's gone, man. Like there's no I don't think it's a coincidence that she's not on like that would have been a great knockout moment for us fans if she reunited with Billy Kay on the on WrestleMania. That would have been a great moment. But the fact that that didn't even think that didn't even come to anyone's head, the fact that he's she's not even on the card at all, I think she's gone. Mate, I thought this match should have been just a regular tag team match, just get them all in the ring at once. I thought the whole tag team turmoil aspect of it was kind of messy, um, and it just you know it was giving women like two you you guys get two minutes, you're out, the next ones come in, like it just it just they didn't value it, and the presentation was a bit poor. It could have been better. Um, but it was what it was. All right. Um, there was a very good match, though. Next, wasn't there, Max? This next match was actually uh, one of yeah. the best matches of the weekend. Let's go with it. Let's talk about the next match. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. This was my match of night one before we got to the main event at this point. Um, and obviously, these are two guys that know each other very well. Um, I guess the whole thing going into this story was Cesaro. How many times could he swing Seth Rollins? I think... The, what he had done on SmackDown was maybe about 23 or 24 swings or something like that. And um, yeah, he was looking to top that here. But I think from Cesaro and from especially Rollins, we saw like a whole different repertoire. This is this was Seth freaking Rollins to, on this night. Like he was bringing out stuff that he don't bring out on just an any day regular kind of show. Um, there's a lot of stuff actually going on with Seth Rollins like on socials right now that he's stealing a lot of indie guys moves Loki has been very very vocal about he's stealing a lot of um his moves way before this was about maybe about three weeks ago um so it to looked be, like sorry I was gonna say but to be fair to Loki his whole moveset was stolen by everyone so it's not yeah, just yeah. it's not just you can't just target Seth Rollins so I think what Seth Rollins was doing particularly on this WrestleMania match, was just rubbing it in. Like, well, if you're saying I'm stealing it, I'm going to steal it, do it good, and do it on the biggest stage sort of thing. Like, I think that Rollins was taking a bit of the, the piss uh, in terms of his particular moveset. Hmm. I didn't... Because when I watched the match, I didn't think of Loki at all. Because when I... The, the, the wrestlers I think of when I think of people stealing Loki's moves is Ricochet and Willow Spray. Mm. You know, you know, people like that. They, that. They've stolen Loki's moves. But I wouldn't... Mm, okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I never really it's, thought. Yeah, it's, it's the noise he's making anyway. I'm not sure yeah. that anyone else necessarily believes the hype. Is what Loki's saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually we we saw a first 
attempt of, I think, about nine swings or ten swings it was. We saw Cesaro give him the UFO, which we don't see very often, with the spinning just on over his shoulders, which I thought is just incredible. I don't know how he does it. Um, we saw a curb stomp from Cesaro. Cesaro didn't die. We saw, sorry, curb stomp from Seth Rollins. Um, we saw a pedigree from Seth Rollins, which he ain't pulled out in years. Um, Cesaro still didn't die. We saw another load of swings. Um, what was the finish? The neutralizer, yeah. And neutralizer. Oh, the, the other, the note for me was I think you're talking about is the Loki move, the the three sixty splash thing. The yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Move yeah. for the night for me though was um, curb stomp into an uppercut. That was yeah. my first, yeah. The reversal. First, um, that was my first WrestleMania feelings. Do you know I mean the first time I went? Yes. That's the first time, you know, someone popped their head and go, what's happened? And I'm like, something vaguely good happened. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, um, yeah, I think they, 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 they felt like they had their time cut. But I felt like all oh, they, oh, they good moves in. I thought this was a really good match. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Um, Tay, what's your thoughts on Cesaro Goat, um, obviously winning the match? And where do you think, uh, what, what's the plan for Cesaro going forward, in your in your opinion? I mean, it was very well deserved. Sozaro has been overlooked for many, many years. Um, so it's it's great that he's had it a moment. Could it could have been a title? Hopefully it will be a title at some point. Um, where is it going? I mean, if Vince is in charge, nowhere. So <laughs> I don't want to jinx it and say, yes, he's going to the top because you just you don't know with Vince, you know, he might have been like that was your moment. And back you go. No, I feel I feel they'll give They'll give Cesaro his Ben Ben. Sorry to say the guy's name, but his Benoit Eddie Guerrero moment where he will win a title. He probably he probably will go on to win a title and defend it for a few months and then won't win it again. It's like what they did with Kofi. You know, there's a, there's a few wrestlers that they have that will win the big one. Yep, that's it. You've won it. You're you known as the WWE champion, but going forward, you're gonna go back to mid card. I could see that happening with Cesaro. Mm -hmm. I, I can't see that happening, especially in the near future. I think at most in the next six months, he's going to get a title shot against Roman Reigns at like a backlash pay-per-view or one of them IBDB ones between now and SummerSlam. He'll get a he'll get a main event match with Roman Reigns, but he'll lose. At best, he'll win the Intercontinental Championship, which is um, what the only other title apart from the WWE Championship that he hasn't won before. Um, but I... I I don't want to. I don't want to gas myself up to think that Cesaro is going to get a world title. I don't quite believe it yet, despite the good. So, 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 which you you got a good point there. So you you're thinking he'll have a match with Roman Reigns, push him to his limit, really like to a point where fans think this is it, this is it, and Reigns still wins. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that. that's happening. I think, and that's, I think that's a good booking. That'd be a good booking, and that still makes Cesaro a massive star because you could you you probably be wanting him to win it again, maybe down in. Um, the next mania like you know maybe from there he yeah. immediately wins the intercontinental championship like maybe next next month right because you remember flu you remember when benoit and angle had that match in 03 roy rumble mm -hmm. 2003 and yeah. benoit put on a clinic they put on a classic crowd had a, gave him a standing ovation afterwards benoit wins the title the year afterwards to get what i mean so that that's what they could do with cesaro and Reigns. so yeah that's yeah it's, it's a good shout fingers crossed yeah yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, next, what was the next match, my friend? The next match was the tag team championship, the raw tag team championship match, New Day defending against AJ Styles and Omos. Um, I thought this match was really fun. They they built this up for long, long periods. AJ got, got called out, almost wanted to start the match. AJ got called out by Xavier Woods to start the match. 
and they kept AJ Styles in that ring for a very long time. New Day almost working heel at this point, um, you know, kind of really teasing the crowd. We were all just waiting to see almost. Eventually, he got tagged in. <laughs> and I, I don't even know what to, how to describe his, his moveset or what he'd done, but it was obviously very much um, big, strong, powerhouse kind of guy um which is good which is a good thing yeah it's it's missing today it's very much missing today with everybody's wrestling everybody wrestling the same and 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 it it paid off like the crowd popped almost Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for him like i I was thinking vince is loving this yeah you know it worked out really well but yeah sorry man excited to cut you keep keep, keep no problem um i think xavier woods and kofi kingston sold exceptionally well for almost to get him over as that guy um, and looking back on it now, there would have been no one better to do this than the New Day, you know, to be put in this position along with AJ Styles. Um, the match went on and literally that was, I've, we saw AJ Styles one more time. He hit a phenomenal forearm standing on from Omos onto Kingston. And then um, I believe Omos just put his foot on Kingston's chest and um, pinned him. And I loved when he was pinning him, how he was just raising his hands like one, two, three, like God had arrived or something like that. Um, so, what yeah. I really loved what I really loved was AJ Styles giving him directions, giving, you know, telling him what to do. I love that. Mm. And I think they should continue to do that because we, we're not, everybody knows almost is green. He's green. Yeah. He, 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 you know, he, it's not a secret. He's like very new to the business. Yeah. So, so the fact that you can have somebody small like AJ, but like a genius in the ring and he could control him and mastermind, be the mastermind behind this giant. I think these two can really make strides together and maybe help AJ get another title win, you know, as a, as a, as a faction until almost is ready to get the title, obviously. But yeah, yeah. really good. And then obviously you could do the whole, and you could do the whole Ted DiBiase Virgil thing where at the end, AJ Styles is using him for his own thing. But, not, but then almost he's like, hold on, wait a minute, why am I not going for the title? And then almost could be the one that defeats him for the title. You know, whatever. But yes, uh, Flute, what's your thoughts on this match? Um, well, um, I was just, I thought it was absolutely, absolutely fine. Not everything can be, you know, not everything can steal the show. Not everything has to be this massive thing. Sometimes it's just about some very, very good wrestlers introducing a very interesting character. So just, you know, job done. But I must admit, the um, AJ coming off the shoulders of Omar in the olden days, that would be used for the beginning of Action Zone or something like that. Do you know the shot that they come into your living room and stuff like that? Sorry, Tay, go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, no, like you said, it was a, it was a fun match. Um, the New Day are obviously still very entertaining. Um, basically echoing what you guys said, like, they sold it so well. Even, like, the shot afterwards where they showed Kofi when he had the foot on him, like, Kofi's eyes were like, I am dead. Like, And he kept his eyes dead, like, I'm not moving ever. So, yeah, it was, it was a fun match. It was a good match. I really, I think, I really. Sorry, go I was going to say, I really like spots like this in these kind of big marquee matches. I remember the last time they did it really well, in my opinion, was um, Ronda Rousey um, in her tag match with Kurt Angle. And, you know, for the entire first half of the match, Stephanie McMahon was pulling her off the apron, slapping her and running away. And then you were literally just bubbling, waiting for Ronda Rousey to be tagged in. And she went to town on Stephanie. She went to town on Triple H. Um, I think it just builds to that. It's a very easy story to tell, but they do it well, pretty, pretty more times than not. Sorry, I was, I was talking and there was no mic. Uh, what, what's the next match, Max? 
So the next match on the card was the steel cage match. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pop and get some more beans <laughs> before we discuss this one. <laughs> Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman in the steel cage. Um, Shane McMahon came down to the ring. Um, who's in the ring first? As Braun came in, he was attacked ringside by Elias and Jackson Ryker by chairs and everything. Braun selling the fact he'd been um, hit on his leg. And um, got into the ring. He was still getting most of his offense off, but still selling the fact, you know, he was carrying that leg injury. Um, again, not much interest, public interest in this match. I think we were all just waiting for the one spot where Shane McMahon was going to die some way, somehow. Um, he climbed up to, I think he got up to the steel, um, sorry, he climbed up the steel cage maybe on two occasions. On the second one where he was outside the ring, for some odd reason, I think he put his arm back through the chain link fence to, to wave goodbye to Braun Strowman. Um, that's when Braun caught him, you know, reminiscent of Braun as a monster heel or the monster he was back in 2016, 2017. He rips the side of the cage, pulls him back in from the outside, which I thought was a pretty good spot. They then both climb up to the top of the cage together and he throws Shane McMahon back into the cage. Shane McMahon doing like a a front flip almost, not quite landing fully on his back, landing on his shoulders, which, you know, if he didn't rotate enough in time, that would have been his head. But Braun Strowman climbs back down, gives him the running power slam and pins him. So Braun has done it for all the people that were ever called stupid, dumb and anything else. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. It's a win can over I, Shane McMahon. Can I just say, I love the bit at the end when he went, this is for everyone who's ever been called stupid. And he looked at the audience and legitimately went, and I'm talking to you and you. <laughs> and he was pointing at people at the audience and going, that's where everyone else called me stupid. You've been called stupid. You've been called stupid. <laughs> so, you know, been like, no, I haven't. I haven't been called stupid. It's, it's unbelievable. And it, why, do they, why do they, whenever they find, with Omas and, you know, the giant Gonzalez and people who can't necessarily wrestle, they make them these big threats. And when they find legitimate tall guys that can wrestle, like Big Joe and um, Braun, they turn them into big idiots. And also, how is beating Shane McMahon a big win? They are very impressive. You beat a rich millionaire's 50-year-old son. Congratulations. I just don't understand. And I know it's for kids and it's not for me. And I know I'm just being a grumpy old curmudgeon. But, oh. Sorry. Uh, what did you guys think of the Shane McMahon spot? That's all we were waiting for. I, I didn't yeah. mind it. It wasn't too, you know, he didn't like go through a table. It looked somewhat safe. Um, the, I think the wide angle that showed how he fell was was pretty good. Um, but yeah, he's taken he's taken more dangerous bumps. So one hundred percent, it was all yeah. right. It was all right. And don't um, hey, don't can I just say? I just want to say, Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon at King of the Ring is one of the most impressive, incredible things I've ever seen. I just wanted to say that. I'm just going to see. I'm just yin and yang. There's that's the problem, though. But that's the problem. Is like those matches that Shane was doing has this really. I mean, obviously, that's what gave him the career that he has as a spot monkey now. You know, but mm. he has never done like those days are over now. I mean, but then again, he did take a nice bump on, on, on Mania with that. That's a good bump, I'm going to say. Throwing him off and landing like the way he did at the age that he is. 
very impressive bump, but the match, um, I have nothing to say about this match. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm, and I'm do you sure. think it's doing this too late for doing basically Braun Strowman is just filling the big show shoes now? Yeah, he's, yeah, Braun's big show now. Yeah. No, I don't mean done as in he's going to have an amazing career. He's going to make millions of pounds, and he's having a he's going to have a great life. Yeah. Good people. Yeah, the art of wrestling. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's done. It's done. It's over for him. No one's going to go. Oh, top ten big men. Well, Undertaker. Ron Strowman. Yeah, it's not Yeah. That's a shame, to be honest. Um, should we move on? <laughs> yeah, we can do. Um, this was a really impressive match. Miz and Morrison versus Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. We'd been hyped for this match. You know, a lot of the superstars backstage had said Bad Bunny's been training, he's in the performance center, um, and all of that kind of stuff. It's come out in the last day or two that it was all Norman Smiley that's been training Bad Bunny and getting him ready for this match. Makes sense. Um, Makes sense. And yeah, I think it it did once you saw how everything went together. And- Especially that pin. You know when you when you when you wrap the arm and flip over. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, yeah. that's Norman Smiley to a T. So that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, on the entrance, we had Miz and Morrison um, mocking Bad Bunny with their own reggaeton hip hip hop hop song. Um, with loads I found that entertaining, by the way. I thought that, that was really funny. I just thought, I, you know what? I was because did you notice all the bunnies were holding their, oh, their yeah. heads on? It was because the thing was too big. I was literally waiting. Which so whose whose head is gonna come off? And we're gonna see some yeah. NXT performance center person dressed as a bunny. Which one is it gonna be? And I, I put, can imagine I, next. Sorry to interrupt, but I can I can just imagine it because I've been there on silly sets and stuff like that. I can imagine all the extras turning up and going, You do know if we jump up and down, these are gonna fall off our heads. And then Vincent Mann just going like get him off my set. And then the director was going up to him really quietly and going, Hi guys, okay, Vincent said he knows he doesn't care if they're gonna fall off, you just gonna hold, but it doesn't make sense. Why would he hold on to the head? The Vince McMahon would like him to jump up and down. So already like 10 extras have been fired, so the rest of them are like, okay. <laughs> right, and it's just like what? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great visual. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't a I, I, I apologize, Max. Continue. No problem. Um, so yeah, they and then obviously we had Bad Bunny is probably the one person on two nights of WrestleMania that got the most WrestleMania-esque entrance. Um, because these there weren't really any kind of grandioso entrances on this WrestleMania for whatever reason, but um he made a really big entrance. And his performance, it, it was his performance throughout this entire match. Um like some of the stuff he was pulling off and he looked really comfortable. And of course he, they've purposely put him in a ring with Miz, who is a, a very safe kind of worker. Morrison, that is a phenomenal worker. Um, we saw all kinds of stuff from, from these guys. And he, he was in the ascendancy. He played the role of the, the victim baby face, trying to get the tag very well. Um, I think Damien Priest, someone come out on Twitter and said, Damien Priest was only in this match for a total of like three and a half minutes. Minutes, yeah. Four yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is crazy to think he's the actual experienced superstar here. Um, we saw the splash that he done to Miz and Morrison back at the Royal Rumble. The one that took my breath away was the Canadian destroyer to Morrison on the outside. <laughs> Never expected to see that in a million years. Um, he don't, you know, they don't even let regular everyday superstars do a Canadian destroyer. So, how they let Bad Bunny do it, I guess it's all John Morrison, but um. In the end, I think we saw um, Priest finish off um, 
the Miz with a, I think it was a double team move with um, Bad Bunny, um, and they put them away. So Bad Bunny and Damian Priest got the win. Uh, you guys know my thoughts about the Canadian destroyer being everywhere and then having Bad Bunny do it. Yeah. Uh, Tay, what was your thoughts on this match? Um, I mean, it was a great match. Um, and Bad Bunny did did really well, especially for a celebrity. My only issue with that is if you're going to have a match, you, you shouldn't have a match with a celebrity and a newcomer to, to the roster because Damien Priest has just been lost in the source now. Because no one's saying, oh, Damien Priest did a good performance. No one's talking about him. They're like, oh, yeah, he was in the match. But it's his bad bunny's time. Whereas this yeah. was something for Damien Priest to be, to show Damien Priest to the, to the to people in the main roster. Like, oh, this is our new, this is our new NXT guy coming out to the main roster. No one's talking about him. No one cares what he did in this match. No one, half of the people probably don't even realize he was there. Just like some any extra guy that was there. So, I mean, it was a great match. And as a match, I would watch again. But it's it's a bit sad for, for Damian Priest. And I don't know if that's going to have a negative impact on the way he goes forward for the next kind of few weeks. We have a lovely question here from Sia Run 87 He says, do you think they said to Miz, you can have the title for a week, but you have to put over Bad Bunny at Mania? Uh, not that's a bad thing, bad bunny smashed it. Also, what the hell? The thing we'll talk about that. Um, because but that's my question. Uh, you guys have kept me going through this WrestleMania week. I can't wait to hear the review show. Well, thank you, Ronnie. That's very sweet. Um, yeah, next, do you think it's said to Miz? You know, yeah, you can have the title, uh, but you need to put bad bunny over. I don't think so, mate. They, yeah, Miz is a WWE company guy. I don't, he probably didn't ask for the title. He probably said, yeah, it's my pleasure to put Bad Bunny over because obviously Miz is trying to make his subtle kind of move into that, that, that world. So him in the ring with Bad Bunny, it, it works in his favour. You know, I don't think he would have asked or anything like that or bargained for it. I did think, like Tay is saying, it's very, very weird for Damian Priest to only get four minutes um, and Bad Bunny wrestled, you know, the majority of this match. I just, I, I really don't understand what it was, even though he was good. Like I just, this is should be yeah to put over Bad Bunny. We later saw that there's a whole Bad Bunny tour coming, um, but yeah, Damian Priest. I just hope that he can kick on, despite him kind of not getting that spotlight. Two ways to look at it because you can also say that okay, he's got less wrestling spotlight on him, but he's got mainstream spotlight on him. Because maybe you know, will the newspapers be saying Bad Bunny teamed with? wrestler Damien Priest to take on Miz and another wrestler. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know if it means anything, but is is that a, a way of looking at it as a positive? Some mainstream people might actually go, oh, I know Damien Priest. He's the guy that tagged with Bad Bunny. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, definitely, there's definitely positives of being in a big, high-profile match like that. Um, I do agree that they kind of did shaft Priest a bit. But at the same time, yes, uh, he was involved in a big match and he probably will have another program with Bad Bunny going forward. So... Um, it wasn't it wasn't for me, but you gotta be fair, it probably was the second biggest pop of the first night, wasn't it? After the main event. Oh when Bad Bunny yeah, went off, I was I, so. I was watching, it looked like the second biggest pop to me. I think you're right, yeah. Big up to Bad Bunny, man. He did really well. Um him coming out to his own music is boss level moves like <laughs> and, that, and never obviously I don't I don't understand Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, uh so I don't really get into um 
I know some people can like music. Obviously, you can obviously you can like music from a different language, of course. I do, but I don't really get into like trap music from another language. I don't really, but when Bad Bunny came out with his Booker T song, I was like, you know what? This, this is actually quite hard. <laughs> but um I actually know some the lyrics, Skillet. I know one of the songs is about he really wants an old white man called Triple H to buy him a microphone. It's a really good track. It's, yeah, so it goes, I want an old white man to buy me a microphone. Then I'll go to the ring on top of this little truck. It goes like that. It's something oh, really? Spanish, but it's something along those lines. So it's art imitating life, basically. Yeah. Right. What was right. that when Triple H gave him the mic? I guess that was part of they, they were sending him on his way. So you know, I think he's done with WWE now. They were announcing the tour um, that he's doing in 2022. I think it was. So yeah, just a bit of filler um, footage to say thanks for your service. I guess. Now he did really well. I mean, obviously, I think it was overbooked. It was overbooked, in my opinion. Like he did literally everything, which I felt was a bit like, come on now, you're taking a piss now. Mm. Like do a few spots, very impressive. But the fact that he just kept going and doing everything, I was a bit like. Ah, takes away from the stuff. But yeah, no, he did a really good job. And uh, um, Randy Orton had a really nice thing to say about him the night the night afterwards on the bump. He said some really positive things about Bad Bunny's performance. So yes, we're, we're definitely going to see more Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny's probably going to have, he's going to probably take the Shane McMahon role and have matches <laughs> every media going forward. Hall of Fame in two years. And he's blatantly a fan. He's a massive fan of a child. So you can see that resonate. So yeah, big up to him. All right. Um, is it main event time or am I wrong? Yeah, it's main event of night one. Sasha Banks defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Bianca Belair. Um, we saw on, the, I don't know if you guys saw it on the, on the pre-show, if you're watching the pre-show, Bradshaw said on the pre-show that, you know, he, I think he made some type of comment, like I'm paraphrasing, about th that this match is just history. Like it doesn't matter about being black or something like that. This is just history. Now, I kind of get what he was saying when I was watching it live, but I just thought the wording and maybe delivery was just a bit poor a lot of people on twitter jumped on him and you saw that must have been a thing because michael cole immediately corrected it when these two were in the ring these are the first two black females you could tell he made a point about saying it and you know making it mean something and um obviously that's going to resonate for for those that care and um from the from the minute go these two standing in the ring eating up you know the crowd's adulation looked like they were both crying before the match kind of even Got no, they were, they were. She, Bianca Belair, and they both were crying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, at times, Sasha was trying to keep a straight face, but you could see the smile really kind of piercing through, like just proud of where they both are. Um, and once this match got started, I think what we did see was a sports, a really good sports entertainment showing from Sasha Banks, and a really good like physical, fitness, health and fitness kind of display from Bianca Belair, like the feats of strength she'd done, the spot she done when she carried Sasha Banks over her head from outside the ring, up the stairs, threw her back into the ring. And obviously Sasha Banks ain't the heaviest of people in the world, but we've seen her a couple months ago carry Otis. So, you know, we know she's, she's got it in her locker. We saw um, uh, Sasha Banks doing anything she could do with her ponytail, like she said she was going to do, try to choke her with it, try to get her in submission holds with it. We saw an attempted 450 by um, Belair, which Sasha Banks put her knees up to. Um, we saw two power bombs, I think it was by by Belair, hit a frog splash. Um, there was a bank statement attempt again, trying to use the the braids to to lock in the hold. Um, we saw an actual 
450 get hit by um Belair. Um, and then I think building up to the finish was the the whip when when yeah. Sasha tried to grab her ponytail, she looked her in the eyes, like get off my hair. We had the the massive like we've I'm sure we've all seen the mark it left on Sasha Bank's stomach. Um, she sold it like a champ. The fans on that hard camera side sold it like champions as well. They really put it across. And then she picked her up, KOD, and um, became the SmackDown Women's Champion. Wasn't that our family in that, the hard cam? Yeah, was- family was there. Yeah, family was going crazy. Yeah. So someone someone said that I think her dad tried to jump the barricade or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was a child there that I was sure was going to get dashed at some point. <laughs> Uh, you know, it was a beautiful moment. Um, so I tweeted this. I tweeted about you know the, the moment when Bianca cried on Twitter, and it, it got a lot of traction. And you get a lot of comments, like like the JBL comment, like why does it matter? It's a history, you know. It's not just about, but it is it is important that we mention about the race of these two women and how important it is for Black people because, you know, Black people in the world of wrestling have been the minority and they haven't had the greatest opportunities, especially where. It's not a sport that is real. It's a sport that is dictated, and it's, it's, it's people who are, are organizing and booking who gets the decision, who gets the main event, who gets the titles. So, of course, this is important. Of course, I don't fathom why you can't understand that two black women, especially women as well, headlining a WrestleMania is very important. And you know, anyone that says anything against that, they have a problem with it otherwise for other reasons because they don't want that to be seen as the the norm anymore. They don't want to see. They probably don't want to see two black women main event a mania ever again. So you're going to get the ones who say this and say, oh, this is history. This is just a great moment. Why do we have to talk about race? We have to talk about race because we need to have this conversation to be have more of these opportunities available for black people. So this is a great moment. It was arguably, actually, no, it's not arguably. I think it was the moment of the weekend. I wouldn't say the match of the weekend, but it was the moment of the weekend for sure. Emotionally driven, a beautiful moment and a great match, a fantastic match, one of the best matches I've ever seen. And for me, Sasha Banks, the GOAT of women's wrestling. Argue with me all you want. Charlotte, take a back seat. This is the best women's match on WrestleMania I've ever seen. And I know that might be have a short history or, you know, even back in the day, they may have just only had one match every WrestleMania. But I'm still struggling to think of a match. I mean, um, I, I mean I'm, I'm going to say Charlotte Asuka still. I'm going to say Charlotte is it because we saw it live? No, I think if I watched it back, that match still bangs to this day. Like that you match, know, that, that match fully banged. I just feel like this was a beautiful, it's a beautiful match. This was beautiful. It was a great match. It's a great match. I'm not saying it's not a great match. It's a fantastic match. It's one of the best women's matches I've ever seen. But I think Asuka and Charlotte was a, because you've got two, Bianca's still a bit green. Do you know what I mean? So Bianca doesn't, she's not as smooth as Asuka or Charlotte. You know, Asuka, you know, Sasha was, I'm going to be real, Sasha was doing a lot of the work. Sasha was doing a lot of the work. Mm-hmm. If you watch that watch back, you'll realize why I'm saying Sasha's the goal. Sasha I've seen it. Too. No, I've, I've yeah. seen it back. And, and I'm, not, I'm not doubting any of that. that. I think what this match benefited from, which is, again, the benefit of having the two nights, because mm. we don't get anywhere near this kind of moment of magnitude if this is somewhere in the middle of a card. This being the main event really, you know, sold everyone on it and... Like but I you, said, have, you have to remember Charlotte and Asuka were second, apart from the pre-show, of course, mm-hmm. but they were second on the bill of the New Orleans Mania and stole the show. Like that's 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 very difficult. That's let's, very let's difficult. Not, let's not lie though, that wasn't a great show. <laughs> 
Bing, 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 bing. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. You know what? No, no, hold, hold on. But this, this mania is not a great mania either, though. Ding, 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 ding as well. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not act like this mania is great, too. It's not. No, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, one last thing I wanted to say was obviously, we see a lot of interviews now, and, um, you know, wrestlers are saying, okay, you know, this match and, you know, the Sean's and the Bretts and the Austin's and the Bretts is what made them become a wrestler. And I think there's, they, these guys in this main event have birthed a whole new generation of women, black women as well, that are going to step into the ring. And years on, we're going to hear, you know, 20, 25 years time, if this was the match that I watched and I knew I wanted to become a wrestler and stuff. And I just think that's that's so important to the whole story as well. And we saw the, the footage afterwards of Sasha Banks, you know, nursing her injuries on the outside but smiling oh, into that. the ring you know knowing it's the star that she's legitimized in bianca belair which i thought was just brilliant that's what it's about tay let's get your thoughts on this main event match yeah i mean i'm gonna go off the back of kind of what Mex said when when you birth a whole new generation of women wrestlers this match was that match that this match is gonna birth a whole generation of women wrestlers black women wrestlers white women wrestlers like it was a great match but the message that it was sending like it was amazing and i loved the fact it, some people weren't weren't happy with the fact that they they, they broke kayfabe but like that emotion right there at the beginning like was everything like it I just like, hey absolutely sorry to cut you off today i'm really sorry to cut you off but you are absolutely right and also i want to say something the kayfabe point that you just made, yeah, because you are right, a lot of people weren't happy about that. I don't understand it because it wasn't like Sasha and Bianca are main, there wasn't rivals. Like they're, they're going, they're competing against for a title, but they didn't have a blood feud. This wasn't, yeah. this wasn't a feud where Sasha busts Bianca's head open with a steel chair and said and attacked her parents. And it wasn't that. It's just two people competing. And sometimes, even when you're competing with someone in boxing, same as boxing, for instance, you're actually having a fight with someone, you can, you can actually appreciate, oh, look, look where we are. And you could probably be like, this is a bigger, this is bigger than both of us. This is actually a great historic moment. So, it, it does kind of go with the storyline too, I felt. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's showing it's showing respect. And I loved the fact, this was the, this was the point where I was like, no, Sasha is actually the best. When when um, Bianca was like, she could tell, like, you could tell she was about to burst into tears. And it was Sasha's like, that smile of like saying like, you know, we got this. Just, just that yeah. one smile. And then she turned around. She's like, we got yeah. this. All right, cool. Let's go. I just loved it. Like the whole message, like the match, the match was a great match anyway, but the message it sent, what it has done, what it will do for the future, amazing. Absolutely, Tay. Flew? I think it's important in moments like this for people like me to stop talking and start listening. So tremendous. Well, thank you, Flew. All right. Uh, they, so paid, was... they paid a little homage, by the way. So um, Bianca Belair's ring gear was... Um, a little toast to something that Jacqueline had worn back in the day. And um, Sasha's, um, obviously, she looked pretty different to her usual get up. Um, I think she said that that was something towards Naomi with the green and the glow oh, stuff. And really? um, her hair being curly was for Alicia Fox. Wow. So, the first yeah. two black female champions, I take it, yeah? Was Jacqueline that for sure? Exactly. Alicia Fox was the first African American Divas champion. Yes, she was. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Jacqueline, I guess, was the first oh, women champion. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jacqueline was the first. Yeah, women. And then Naomi, the first SmackDown women's. Yeah. Okay, there we go. See, I didn't even clock that. That's that's great. Uh, they smashed it. All right. Uh, 
Should we talk about night two? Yeah. Starts off with The Fiend and Bray Wyatt. Now, I rang a pen bell count on Bray, and all of you, all of you said that I went too far. And I'm glad to know I was proven right this weekend. But Tay seems to still like it. No, I, I, am, I am still here for Bray. You guys all know that I have been here for Bray since the beginning. But like this, okay, it was a terrible, terrible call for the result. Like that doesn't make sense. But I loved the entrance. I loved the entrance. And I don't know what's coming next. Leave me alone, Flu. I loved the entrance. And then... What, oh, no, he what, what, <laughs> what can okay, Sister Abigail's here. Like, so I want to, I want to see what happens. What, what are we doing with Sister Abigail now? What are we doing with the fiend and Sister Abigail? I'm here for it. I want to see. Max, can you please tell, talk to us what happened at the start of night two, please? So, around you, what happened, Skillet? They, <laughs> they, they prepped this for half a year, wasn't it? Almost half seven a months. Year. Seven months. This story. Seven months. And the final was he came out of a box and was defeated in five minutes. He was burnt to death, waited half a year, took that burnt mask off, came out of a box, which you could do in amateur dramatical plays. You know, someone just coming out of a box is pretty easy. And then he lost in five minutes. I apologize, Matt. Please tell us what happened in this match. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Alexa Bliss cranked open the um, jack-in-a-box. We saw The Fiend come out. Um, the Fiend jumped from the jack-in-a-box onto Randy Orton. The match started. We saw him um, break the do the break the next spot. He was a, a bit of no-selling for some of Randy Orton's offense. I think the whole offense shouldn't have been sold because he'd been set on fire. Like, why are you selling anything? Um, but, yeah. He went to put him away. Eventually, he got back in the ring. Mandible Claw went to put him away with um, Sister Abigail. All the, the turnbuckles, the corner posts, all went up in fire. We see Alexa Bliss. She's changed the get-up. She came in. She's sitting in black um, with this black band around her head, which is oozing out this black ink, blood, whatever it is. Distracted the Fiend. The Fiend gets hit with an RKO, just one RKO, and is pinned. Um, Randy Orton kind of just gets out of there. Alexa Bliss, The Fiend are just looking at each other in the ring. Um, lights go off, lights go back on. The Fiend is gone. There's been a lot of people online saying that Alexa Bliss, maybe this is Alistair Black being reintroduced. She was obviously all in black, like Alistair Black. She was sitting with cross-legged like Alistair Black. I, this is what people are saying. I, I mean, I think that Randy Orton shouldn't have won. I mean, the natural story is that The Fiend gets, yeah, his, get, gets his revenge. Like Skillet said, you know, Skillet basically cancelled Bray Wyatt some year, some weeks ago. I think no, for me personally, um, I'm, 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 I'm getting there. I'm, I'm I think you guys got to let go sometimes. You know, you have to understand. You know, when, no. you're, a when you're a wrestling fan, this happens quite a lot. Sometimes yeah. you have, you have your heart, you have your heart for someone, and you want someone to succeed, and you want. You I know, do. Oh, I do. I do. No, but you know what it is because you guys are like you remember how this person used to make me feel. This person, this oh, this guy used to, make me, you know, goosebumps. Do you but, remember his oh, promos as Bray Wyatt? Do you remember his? Promos? Yeah, of course, Tay. One of the best promos ever. But you have to understand. You have to understand. Wrestling, wrestling will break your heart as much as it make you love and fall in love with something. And this is done. Bray's done. There's no. There's no, there's no coming back. There's no coming back from this. God, flu. I've got three points on this. 
One, I think I've said this before, but Max, for you, sir, we thought with Bray Wyatt we had the next Undertaker or even Kane. But let's face it, Bray Wyatt is Tango and Gangrel and the Barbarian. He is. That's where he is. He's not Undertaker Kane. He's Gangrel Papa Shango. Point two, Randy Orton is the real-life million-dollar man because he is just laughing right now in a stretch limo jacuzzi with his girlfriend just counting money with his slightly saggy white pants because he doesn't care now. <laughs> and he's so scared of the, he's so scared of the fiends, but he still does a joke on the way in about slipping up because he's good old Randy Orton. And then point number three is, I think what happened here was Ray went to Vince and went, I've got this great idea. And Vince went, I love it. I'm going to help you with it. Let me play with Bray's toy. This is so fun. And then he went, oh, we can introduce Alexa Bliss. There's another toy. And Vince went, oh, that's a more shiny toy. And then he just put the Bray Wyatt toy down. And he went, oh, I like this toy. And then Bray Wyatt came back and went, oh, what are we going to do next? He was like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I want to play with Alexa Bliss toy. You're a silly toy. And he was like, oh, what about me? He's like, you can I'm going to play with Alexa Bliss toy. And then someone else tried to touch Tony and no, no one touches Roman Reigns' toy. That's my special Roman Reigns. <laughs> no one touch my Roman Reigns. No one touch my Charlotte. No one touch my Roman Reigns. No one touch my Charlotte. And no one now touch my Alexa Bliss. You get out of here, Bray White, stupid old toy. That's all. Because he's an insane old man. <laughs> that is the <laughs> best analogy of what just took place at WrestleMania. Thank you, Flu. This is why yeah. we have you on the show. You're a, you're, a, you're a genius. And th yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Vince is, Vince, Vince never, I think Vince never fully understands where Bray's going with these stories. Like, like Bray, Bray would tell him that, this is what I want to do. And Vince is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then we can do this. And like, no, 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 actually, I kind of want to go, no, 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 but we should go here. And, and it's always consistently. Lose to Seth. Lose to Goldberg, yeah. lose to Randy, lose to Randy. But at the same time, I'm not only going to blame, I'm not just blaming Vince, I'm blaming Bray too. Bray's going to take the blame too. Bray's, got, Bray's been doing this for far too long. And it's not just Vince, so I'm done. It's over. Let's remember, this is a product for children, and we are reviewing a children's TV show. So who's actually in the wrong? It's not for. We are. Randy Orton is just counting. Randy Orton's just setting fire to hundred dollars bills and just laughing and going. <laughs> People watch this. <laughs> <laughs> We're the ones who are wrong. We have lost. We have lost, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about the women's tag team match? Yeah. Um... So, yeah, women's tag team title was on the line. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defending against the winners of the turmoil match the night before, Tamina and Natalia. Um, this match, it was a decent match, but I just felt that nobody was invested into it. It was kind of told in two halves where Natalia and Shayna Baszler, probably the two that have talent within this match, um, were having like a good old technical wrestling match and then we were getting you know the inclusion of Tamina and Nia Jax which was going to be like the face-to-face -face big powerhouse spots and stuff like that um and that's kind of how this match went um I was very interested to see that Reginald wasn't anywhere to be seen during this match um not to say I wanted him involved or anything but obviously he's been rolling with Nia Jax and stuff so he was nowhere to be seen um to get to the finish, Natalia had Nia Jax in a sharpshooter. I guess she didn't know that Nia Jax wasn't the legal person. Shayna Baszler, who was, ran into the ring, gave her a Kira Fuja clutch. 
and um, yeah, they they retained their championship. So kind of pointless, Natalia and Tamina um, getting the win in the in the turmoil match to go on to this because I think a lot of us thought that whoever was winning that turmoil match would become tag team champions, maybe free up Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax back into the main um, singles women's singles division on Raw, but definitely not the case. Their their reign continues. Um, I don't really, I don't really remember much of this match. I'm not gonna lie to you, uh, but I, I I was happy that uh, um, Shayna and Nia retained. I think that was the right decision, but I just don't really remember much about this match. Tay, do you have any thoughts? Fu, any thoughts? Um, I want to be nice about this match, but I just thought it was trash. I really did. I just thought it was absolute trash. Um, the the thing is, like Mex said, there's two powerhouses in the ring, but they're both shit powerhouses. I'm not I'm not being funny about it, but they are both terrible wrestlers. Let's be real. Um, I've seen Nijax way too often. I had, I, ca I can't invest myself in her because she's been in too many matches coming up to this WrestleMania. If they were going to do something like this. They should have just kept them within a tag team type within the tag team kind of realm, and then kind of going that route. But they've been involved in the the women's champion, the SmackDown Women's Championship, like. It's, it's all too much. Um, Tamina, I mean, she's on the payroll because of, you know, family associations. She's not a great wrestler. Um, so for her to get that spot, it's for me is a smack in the face to all the other women tag teams that probably deserve it a bit more. Natalia, obviously, she does deserve, she deserves her flowers. She does, but probably not, not like this. I don't think you, she would want to, but she might want to have it with Tamina, but I don't think she deserves to have it with Tamina. I think she deserves to have it by herself. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I was so, I didn't, I really didn't care about this match. I really didn't, sorry. But you're a female. <laughs> you care about a female match. You know, uh, you know um, quickly, um, The Rock's mum, right? Does she have a role in WWE? Because she is backstage, obviously with Nia Jax, who I guess is her closest niece or whatever right now, um, a hell of a lot. And just Tay raised a really good point there. And I'm just thinking, is that like subtle pressure to keep Nia Jax active and on screen and stuff? I wouldn't be surprised. I would like the, the Rock's mother, you know, her, you know, the Rock's grandma used to run a wrestling territory in Hawaii back in the day. I wouldn't be surprised the Rock's mother got, you know, got herself in there um, during the Rock's days because the Rock's mum used to always watch Rock show, uh, Rock matches live, and every Rock main event the Rock was in at WrestleMania, the mum was always there. Uh, the Rock's mum really known well from Vince. The whole, you know, the, the whole family they love the Johnson family. They love Rock's mum. So I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, the Rock's mum is backstage. Not saying she's controlling stuff, but a little bit of influence, you know, a little something in somebody's ear or. A little something like Vince. Vince, why don't we do this? Vince, yeah, yeah I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I think there's mo there's money in Nia Jax, though. Is there? I think. I there's think no, there no offense to young Mrs. Snooker and her fascinating father, but um, I think there's money in Nia Jax. I think she she gets genuine heat, which these days, what you know, there's not many. There's Orton, you know, to get genuine heat where people don't like you. Is it is it is it go away heat or genuine heat? That's because go away, go away heat is bad heat. That's not good heat. Yeah, but she shouted my hole once and it made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You know what? You might have a point there. there, there was, yeah, she might have a little bit of... They could probably turn the corner with Naya at some point. But Tay's right, though. In, in terms of in-ring, I'm not interested at all. I'm not. 
Uh, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn was the next match. I thought this was going to be a clinic. Ha! More fool me! More fool me! With the time to put Logan Paul in this match, I should have known this is not going to be any classic match that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens would produce. Um, I was disappointed with this match. I'm not going to lie. Next. They didn't get the time. They didn't get the time which would have made it a clinic. But I felt like what we did see in the time we got was very good. We just we never had the time where you can weave things together and make an actual story. And coming into this match anyway, there wasn't really much of a story. Sami Zayn just wanted him to get on board with the whole conspiracy stuff. Kevin Owens said, no, I'm going to challenge you at WrestleMania. That's, that's really what it was. Logan Paul was included. I was happy to see Logan Paul was completely booed once he made his entrance and when he was sitting at ringside. No one cared for this guy. They just came to see Sami Zayn and um, Kevin Owens. I think we got... Good glimpses of Sami Zayn, which we haven't seen in some years now because he's been battling injuries and all that kind of stuff. Um, Michinoku drivers, blue thunder bombs. Um, we saw straight out of the gate, I think it was a, a pop-up powerbomb to Sami Zayn by Kevin Owens. Um, the powerbomb he loves doing on the edge of the apron. We saw all of that kind of stuff. We saw a callback to their battleground match, I think it was, in 2016, when Sami Zayn delivered a halluva kick in the corner. Um, yeah, that was a really good match. And you see like Kevin Owens kind of fall into Sami Zayn's arms and he gets put back in the corner for another Huluva kick. So they paid a little bit of um, respect to that, I guess. Um, in the end, uh, Sami Zayn was hit with, a, I think, a super kick, maybe a couple of super kicks, and then a stunner for the win. Then we saw, um, what's his face? Logan Paul come into the ring. Logan Paul came in and was congratulating Kevin Owens. Sami was like, hey, what are you doing? You know, you're my guest. Why are you congratulating him Logan Paul pushed over Sami Zayn Sami Zayn walked out the ring Logan Paul went to kind of celebrate further with Kevin Owens we all saw what was going to happen from here Kevin Owens pretended to buy into the celebrations and hit him with a stunner um yeah that was the match can I say what it must have been a really really beautiful moment backstage for Owens and Zayn to have a WrestleMania match like like these two you know best friends for over what 15 16 years wrestling together in the indies you know uh, you name it You've probably they probably thought they would never make it to the main roster or, or any wwe pay-per-view probably thought they were all the independent wrestlers for the rest of their lives and to, to the fact that their journey has you know shown up at wrestlemania 37 is a, a very good moment i just wish it was you know a bit more than i want it to be but hey we've seen these two wrestling with with classic shows i guess a little fun different type of wrestling match it's not so bad Tay flu watch your thing <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it was a great match for them um yeah it wasn't the best and i think that like mix said is it's down with the kind of storyline they're, they're two great storytellers so if you give them a shit storyline there's not really much for them to grasp on that's just that's how that's how they do matches so i mean it was good for what it was um, and they're two great wrestlers, and it, it was a good match. But yeah, it couldn't it couldn't steal the show, as it were, because that storyline just wasn't there for them. All right, Flu, um, you didn't have any you didn't have any thoughts before we move on, do you? No, it's exactly that. It's just the same as um, Cesaro Rollins. They obviously had less time, so they couldn't tell us a story that's going to make us feel. So they just put a bunch of really good, impressive moves in. But at the same time, if you don't have enough time, you're not going to be able to bring emotion into a match. So it does just make you wonder why, no offence, but the tag match 
the female tag belt matches, didn't they get quite a nice chunk of time and stuff like that? It did, to be And fair. even the Bad Bunny match, I mean, hang on, that was the night before we were talking about, but you, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, no, you know what? I haven't got anything else to like, shut me up in the face. Uh, Max, do you want to talk about Seamus and Riddle? Yeah, this is United States um, Championship match. Um, Riddle putting the title on the line against Sheamus. Sheamus has actually beaten um, Riddle two weeks or so before on Raw, but I guess this was a rematch or he earned his way for a championship match. Um, very hard-hitting match. I think that's we, we knew we would get from these guys, especially Sheamus and the work he's been doing. Um, we saw like Spanish flies and um, what's that? The Broton that he does off the top roach. That's, that's Riddle. Um, Sheamus fought his way kind of back into the match. And there was one particular spot which I thought oh, was all going to go wrong. This was like, I know. Um, I know. What, what was it? The white noise from the white top noise. Rope, which um, he slipped down. Thank God, like they landed all right. And he ran up to the other turnbuckle straight away and dropped a riddle with a knee. Um, Riddle kind of fought his way back into this match and went for a springboard moonsault and that is when Sheamus absolutely clocked him with a bro kick upside down, pinned him and won the United States Championship. I think it was a really good finish to the match. So Flu, remember you kept saying on the kick out, you know, Sheamus is probably one of the best workers and he deserves to be more than I said. He's going to get the title at WrestleMania for the United States. It's the right decision. You're absolutely right. Sheamus has put in a lot of good work since he's come back from his injury. And it was nice. I mean, it, the match wasn't as what I wanted it to, to be because I know that these two could really go hard and it, it could have been a very, very good match. But um, again, I think time was against them. I mean, oh, they had 10 minutes, I guess. But also, Skills, how are you going to possibly make an emotional match when the cause of the match was somebody hit somebody else with a scooter? Yeah. That's, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that match happened because Seamus has just had this emotional match with Drew McIntyre. Well, in fact, what? Yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not going to go on another one. Seamus has had this incredible match with Drew McIntyre, and then to have a match with a guy because you've hit him with a scooter didn't quite ring true. But a good match, a solid match, and they kicked the stuff out of each other. I was surprised that they allowed the RVD giving the rolling papers a little bit. Is it, is it one of those things where they just put it past Vince and Vince didn't notice, or are they loosening up a little bit? Because you've You've noticed that a lot of people are calling each other bitch. There's a lot of a lot of people calling each other bitch. So it's almost like Vince has went, right, I'm going to allow weed and bitch. Go ahead. Also, does it look like I'm in the second Blade Runner movie? I'm in a kind of weird orange glow right now. See that? You are in that film, my friend. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a weird one, man. I mean, I'm glad that RVD got to advertise his rolling papers, RVD rolling papers, but... I know it's a weird one. With Apparently, the website crashed whilst that match was going on. Mm-hmm. Like it went, people were people were screenshotting it and putting it on Twitter. Like we can't go on and buy it. Like too much traffic. Mm-hmm. That, that's crazy. Um, should we talk about the Nigerian drum fight? Yes, please do. Just before we move off this match, did you you guys have seen these these birds flying out of um, Riddle's flip flops on yeah. Raw? Yeah, yeah. You see these seagulls, yeah, with the pirate hat. WrestleMania, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Neither do I. I don't get it. I'm waiting for someone to make sense of it. But yeah, let's move on. Um, Nigerian drum fight match, Intercontinental Championship on the line. Big E was wrapped to the ring by Wale, who performs his song, and then Apollo Cruz came down to the ring and. 
for a drum fight match, I don't actually think we saw one drum spot in this match. There was a big oriental gong at the side of the, the ring, which definitely isn't Nigerian or has anything to do with Nigeria. Um, and these guys straight away went for kendo sticks, which, you know, we have canes in Nigeria. We don't really have kendo sticks. So I don't know what was Nigerian about this match at all, to be completely honest, but it was a pretty good physical match between these guys. Um, we saw a lot of um, big power moves, Big E doing that that kind of spear, that, that, that tope through the ropes onto Apollo Crews, onto the floor. Um, we saw Cruz taking out a lot of chairs and we saw the stairs spot again where, you know, he goes to drop the stairs on on Big E. Um, Apollo Cruz sold like a back injury as well um, and kind of suckered Big E into um, loads of kendo stick shots. And then Cruz missed a top rope frog splash, went through a table. Big E picked him up and hit him with a um, big ending. And that's when we saw the entrance of Dabo Kato, formerly known as Babatunde, um, the guy that was beating up everybody on um, Raw Underground over the, the summer. Michael Cole and Corey Graves sold him as the monster, didn't name him. Um, so I guess, I think he apparently he's been given a name, Commander Aziz. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so um, he Is came he in. Are they doing the Wesley Snipes in Coming to America 2 thing with him? Is that... Is that what the character? Maybe, maybe. I guess we're gonna see. But um, <laughs> wow, yeah, he came out. Um, he choke slammed Biggie, pulled Apollo Cruz's body over Biggie, and got the pin. So Apollo Cruz is an intercontinental champion. I thought this was a good way to do it. There was no way Apollo Cruz could have lost this match, really and truly, if they wanted us to care about this new character. But at the same time, they want to keep Biggie strong. Maybe Biggie moves on to Roman. Maybe Biggie wins the the money in the bank in the next couple of months. So I thought this was a good way to do it, and a you know, I think it says a lot as well that Apollo Crews, despite us all kind of making fun of this gimmick, they trust in him to kind of put him alongside another kind of new person. Apollo Crews isn't by any means established on the main roster like that, in my opinion. But they're kind of putting him with someone which kind of shows some type of trust in him and what he's doing, um, which and I think he could be entertaining. But um, yeah, pretty yeah. decent match. New Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, right decision. Um I enjoyed this match. I, yeah, the, the, the stipulation didn't have to be made because it didn't make any sense. They could have made it a street fight or a hardcore match. I would have probably preferred that. Or just a no DQ match. Oh, no disqualification, exactly. Something just a bit more normal than something very gimmicky. But um, at the same time, yes, Max, you, you hit the nail on the head. For this to work, Paulo had to go over. Uh, I think it's time to put Biggie in the main, the main, the main event. Uh, That's main the problem still, isn't it? Um, Kofi, can, like we haven't even mentioned, Kofi lost with somebody with one foot on them, but because he doesn't matter because he won the title a couple of years ago, so he can put young talent over. That's you're a champion, you've made it. The problem with Big E is, yes, his career can put over a younger person, but not his wrestling career, if that makes sense. So, the human being and the great wrestler has put over a younger wrestler here and a friend, but the problem is the, the character of Big E isn't big enough to be putting people over. He, 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 I'm not saying he should have won. I'm, I'm saying this feud could have even happened, especially a drum match. But Big E needs to be winning. He can't be putting people over because Big E... Uh, uh, I hate what you're saying, Flu, but where they protected Big E was he mm -hmm. lost through an interference. Yeah. He didn't lose clean to Apollo. I think losing clean 
when you're supposed to go and arise is worse than yeah. losing because somebody interfered. Yeah, so that's way that's way it works. That's way it but works. he needs to. He, if he keeps losing, he's not. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be. You've got to stay in the middle like they did with Drew, and then when you're ready, pop him up. Biggie isn't at the middle; he's down middle, down middle. You've got. To I think. Stay. I think what they will do is Biggie will probably beat him in the next match, but it, it'll be like a, another another street fight, but where Biggie will beat him up senseless. We're not or win, win by DQ or something. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Not, not win the yeah. title, but he'll just beat him up and look strong that way. And Apollo will be the heel, chicken shit heel, and keep the title. But I'm, I'm liking the fact that Apollo's got um, some muscle. And especially because he's actually Nigerian as well, so that's good. Um, a bit more. Hopefully, they'll have a bit more few Nigerian wrestlers to join. Uh, I think I think a have his own little faction. Maybe that's the reason why Vince wanted to end the hurt business. But no, no, I want to, I want to, I want to build Apollo, a Nigerian faction, a, Ni a Nigerian tribe, a, a tribe. <laughs> that is exactly what it will be. And you know what? We're gonna get the intercontinental belt, and you're gonna make it white and green. The strap, white and green. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. And you're gonna put the Nigerian flag on the belt. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that's the reason why. Yeah, I f I feel Vince is very invested in this uh, Apollo Cruz gimmick. Like he's really loving it. He loves country gimmicks, and he loves race <laughs> gimmicks and cultural stuff. Like, oh yes, he does. Oh, we all know that he does. Um, but Tay, what's your thoughts on uh, Apollo being the intercontinental champion? I mean, it's it's great for him. He's not been um, he's not been pushed before. I mean, he hasn't really done much before, so this is a great um, opportunity for him. Again, just the match. I, I wanted to see. You know what I was? I thought was going to happen. It would be like <laughs> this might sound silly, but the drum match would be like you have to bounce their heads or something like all on all the drums or do like something with a drum that it helps like you some finish the game match. Or if Biggie had lost by getting his head banged into some drums, then it would have been over. I think it would have been game over. Blue, Blue's absolutely right. <laughs> but just right. with the drums. That's all I want. Do go like that afterwards, I'll say. Uh, should we talk about Rhea Ripley and Asuka? Yeah, I think it was at this point, in fact, I'll just slide this in here. You guys are talking about a rematch with Biggie and... Um, and Apollo Crews. I think it was at this point where we got told that we're going to get the next pay-per-view next month, WrestleMania Backlash. Which, what? yeah, they've turned Backlash into WrestleMania Backlash, which sounds like to me already, it's just going to be a bunch of rematches. So I guess we'll see what that is. That's going to be halfway through May, but um, I don't even know where well, they're altering with the names and stuff. But yeah. Skills, if you could tell Ace as well, I'm I'm not sure I'm going to be here for a WrestleMania backlash. Can you call me at Money in the Bank? Yeah. I'll only do Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and Money in the Bank, and I'm out on the rest of this. You never know, man. I might, like my, I, might, I might take another six-month hiatus like I did last year. WrestleMania <laughs> backlash. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I mean, to be honest, they've been, on backlash. <laughs> they've been announcing a couple times last year, towards the back in the last year, they announced mm. pay-per-view names and then changed the pay-per-view name. Um, they've done it a couple times with NXT. So let's see if it sticks. But right now they announced it as WrestleMania backlash. Um, anyway, Raw Women's Championship match, Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. Um this was this was actually a good match, in my opinion. The problem was there were again no story, no emotion, 
you know, this was two weeks ago that Rhea Ripley said that, you know, you haven't got a competitor. I want you at WrestleMania. Asuka said yes. You know, so it was a good wrestling match, but that's it. There was nothing else to really tell. We saw loads of kind of submission um, attempts by both people. I felt Asuka, you know, she's really good anyway, but on the big stage, a big time match, she really took it to the, another level somewhat. Um, there was a spot where she done a DDT to Rhea Ripley onto the floor from the apron to the floor and Rhea Ripley's head actually like hit the ground. Um, but she was fine. She was good enough to continue. Um, again, we saw Asuka go on, try put her in the Asuka lock. Um, Rhea Ripley eventually kicked out of a move and kind of popped up, popped Asuka into a riptide and scored the win. So Rhea Ripley, um, after two weeks of just making her Raw debut, becomes Raw Women's Champion. A bit of a dead division over there on Raw, I can't lie, but I'm happy to see Rhea Ripley as champion. Asuka's been very unfortunate. Maybe um, Rhea Ripley can spawn some new life into that division. Yeah, I think the Rhea Ripley move is to do that exact thing. Uh, I think I think they know they haven't got enough stars in that division and they need a bit more, especially in-ring stars as well. You know, some, of that, you know, some ring generals, a bit more. You know, you've got the Askers, you've got the Baileys, you've got the Sashes, you've got the Charlottes. I think they've got, they've got stars. They're just not using them right. Got, I mean, Shane, Naomi, Shane Baszler, bro. Like, come on. Mm, I don't know. You know, no, I don't. I, listen. So here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? So Naomi, I think Naomi, Naomi's a good in-ring talent. She's a mm-hmm. good in-ring talent. I don't know if she's a star in in, in the regards of you could cut a promo with Naomi. I don't think she could cut. Shayna's not a strong promo. She's not. Yeah. Like Shayna was built strong. You have to understand. A lot of wrestlers are built. What works at NXT doesn't seem like it can always work in the main roster. And I think that's what we got to stop doing. We keep doing this thing where it's like, well, it works at NXT, so it's going to work on SmackDown. No, not always. And I think, like, Asuka was a beast on NXT, undefeated. You know what I mean? And then, you know, look at her now. Like, she's she's a, she's a great in-ring general, but she's not, you know, she, people people don't even know what she's saying half the time. You know what I'm saying? No, that's not offense to her because she's Japanese, but it's that's, why, that's how they see it. And Shayna... For me, no. She's not a star. Not for me. Really? You don't think yeah. that Shayna Baszler is a star? No. My interest in Shayna has died. As soon as she moved to the main roster, it's died. It's like, it just hasn't... She hasn't done anything in the main roster that I can remember being, oh, that was good. I've, I don't I don't have a Shayna Baszler raw moment where I'm like, yeah, see, this is what... This is elimination what Chamber last year. She came out of the pod, well, eliminated every yeah, woman. They booked her strong. Went on. She should have beaten Becky Lynch, especially if Becky I disagree. Lynch, I mean, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch told them backstage that she should have won, and they said no, we're sticking it with you. And then obviously a month later, she turned around and said she's pregnant. Um, but I think that would have been the beginning of making a like so, some people, like you're saying, come up to from NXT. They're good. They're good, and you know, they're not the complete, you know, finished article. But there are these moments where you now have the opportunity to make them, you know bigger than than they currently are and if you don't take it then that's why you see Shayna Baszler getting pinned every week in one minute matches and his tag team championship of a division that no one cares about I don't know man I think they made the right decision to keep it on Becky to be honest definitely uh, I don't know I disagree I, I I'm probably one of those people that think Becky was massively overhyped I honestly do um they they went with her for a long time but I just think that because they kept on with Becky. They forgot about everyone else. 
And it's the same thing with like, like you know, Asuka's, she had the belt, how long do you say? Like nine months to a year? Yeah, yeah. Has she had any meaningful feuds in this last year? Nothing, not a thing. That's no, that's no fault of her own. But it's because they forget about a plan B. Like who are we bringing up next? So yeah. then when Charlotte just left for the sick, then it's like, oh shit, what do we do? Oh, we're gonna have to bring up a strong person. We're gonna have to bring up the strong person that we had from NXT and we're just gonna have to push her into the limelight. We didn't plan on this, but okay, this is what we got now. And this is what keeps on happening. It's like, they keep forgetting their failures. Like you keep, keep having women or even male wrestlers that are like mid card, mid card. And then you're like, someone leaves or gets injured. You're like, oh shit, all right, fuck it. This person, go, just go, you're ready. Even though when they're not, but I feel like Rhea Ripley could be successful. I don't know if Shayna, I think Shayna will have moments. She could probably have moments for sure, but I don't know if Shayna could be a, a successful, consistent star. I can see that with Rhea, same way I can see that with Bianca. So I can see Rhea and Bianca being genuine, bona fide stars. I don't see that with Shayna. I don't, unfortunately. It's not like I want to. I like Shayna, but I just don't, I don't see that. On record, it's come out that Vince doesn't see anything in Shayna Baszler um it was when she was kind of getting her push with Becky Lynch and stuff it was all Paul Heyman um that was kind of booking that and stuff and obviously yeah Paul Heyman kind of has that foresight with these these kind of characters um but one other thing I thought was really interesting is that two Royal Rumble winners or what should I say first and second in Royal Rumble both ended Wrestlemania as champion um Becky Bianca and Maria, um, Ria, yeah, and I think yeah. the last time that happened was John Cena and Batista. That's right. I'm not. I'm not sure if that's happened since. I don't think so either. It felt like a bit of a changing of the guard. Yes. Maybe a new, a new era. Flu, do you like Rhea Ripley? Um, I I have no opinion either way. I actually do like Jada Baszler. I think that there is incredible money in the you know ronda rousey Shayna baszler and the other two <laughs> versus the four horsewomen i think the, i think the problem with Shayna baszler is she suffers from the christian thing a little bit that she, you know it's christian and edge unfortunately and i think unfortunately it is an element of Shayna baszler and ronda rousey uh rhea ripley yeah i mean i think i i wasn't supporting her because i'm an asker fan but i think she's obviously very good yeah i, I don't think i have an opinion and she's got theme music that actually means something, which I appreciate. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I, it's I I've got an opinion. Good luck to them. Uh, whatever, just they got to do something. Oh, there you go. There's another comment. Um, if they both hold on to the title, which, like you say, they, if they're the top two now, Rhea Ripley versus uh, Bianca Belair at Survivor Series is an interesting Money. Match. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Money. Uh, that's my point. That's, you can say that already. You can say that's money already. I can't. If you said to me, Shayna versus Bianca, Survivor Series. Yeah. So can I say something? Yeah. Shayna Baszler and and um, Bianca Belair have a long NXT history where I think she, uh, Bianca Belair attempted three different times to beat Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Time Championship. Didn't. Obviously, I think a month ago, she beat her on SmackDown and nothing was made of it. So immediately you've kind of, crucified that entire history that 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 story you had you've thrown it away you've made it feel like nothing because you basically fed Shayna Baszler to Bianca Belair and rightfully so because Bianca Belair's on the way to WrestleMania in a big profile match but 
this is why this is what I'm saying in terms of building your stars and all of that kind of stuff. When you don't make it count, you just kind of do things willy nilly. Like Shayna Baszler has a huge upside. I, I don't think we can really deny that. My point is, there's certain stars like Vince. Like Vince, Vince has this. That like Vince, we all know Vince has this. Vince has this thing where, regardless of what you want to say about Vince McMahon, right? Regardless of these decisions that he makes, and you think he's going crazy or whatever, right? He has this inept talent from a young age to look at someone and say, that's a star, right? So if I'm looking at somebody right now in a women's division that doesn't wrestle at WWE, right? Jade Cargill for AEW, that's a star, right? Mm-hmm. Vince Vince will know that, right? So it's, if, so you'd be like, yeah, she's got it. You can bring bring Jade into WWE. She's going to mesh well. She's going to be a big star. They Shayna, turned her down. She had a trial. They didn't sign her. She no, went to of, AEW. Course, of course, because she's very green. She's going to learn her ropes at AEW and come back as a star. That's what's going to happen, 100%. My point is, if Shayna goes to AEW, is that a star? No. They, they will make her a star. I disagree. I totally disagree. They were going to make... Remember, this should have been... Um, what's her face? What's the lady that's pregnant for Ric Flair? Oh, Lacey, Lacey Evans. Evans. Lacey Evans. Yeah. This was meant to be Lacey Evans, Charlotte Flair for the Raw yeah. Women's Championship. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so do you yeah. do you see Vince McMahon make, you know, seeing a star in Lacey Evans? He does. He does see a star in Lacey Evans. He does. 100% he does. 100%. But over Shayna? He 100% sees a star in Lacey Evans. I, I, I feel and like that is ludicrous. Like, I literally that's your think opinion. insane. But that's your opinion. But Lacey that Evans is a character. But what I'm saying, Lacey Evans is a character. She's a character. Shane is not a character. What is Shane's character? That honestly makes me feel... But that's, but that's, that's, that's I, I, you know what? I, I 100% believe you and I agree. That's, that's the reality. That Lacey, that's Lacey the Evans is doing the sports entertainment. 100%. And Shayna is just the MMA fighter, ultimately. 100%. Um, but it actually makes me feel sick to my stomach. Exactly. It's just like, what? How do you hey, not man, you see it? this in her, but... This is it, man. This is, this, is, this is Vince for you, man. This is Vince. I think it's Everyone compares to Ronda Rousey if they have an M- MMA background. As, as a, like, Sonia Deville, is she injured or is she just in SmackDown? No. She's, she's just general manager. Exactly. He, he just doesn't care. He just doesn't like, once he has one, one star in, with a particular characteristic, everyone else is yeah, it's true. All right, let's talk about the main event. Triple threat match. Oh, before we talk about the main event, uh, Hall of Fame, they, you know, they showed up, picked up the awards. It was actually quite nice to see. Um, Kane. You know what I'm really happy to see? Kane getting that pop, actually. That actually made me smile. He got that headline that, position. That, yeah, yeah. And he did the fire and everything. That was actually quite nice. Um, obviously, a lot of people couldn't make it. Ozzy Osbourne, Shatner, Juicy Fonderliger, and obviously British Bulldog is no longer with us. But it was nice to see the Hall of Fame, you know, on both nights show up, and it was nice to see. Um, but yes, uh, main event time, triple threat match: Brian Reigns, Edge for the WWE Universal Title. This match was like twenty something minutes. This is actually the longest match of both nights. Um, the main main event, if we're going to be completely honest here, obviously Bianca Belair. Shasta Banks was the second main event of the of the of the of the two nights. But yes, the main main event was this triple threat match. Max, please let's have a little breakdown of how things went in this match. Um Jay Uso, we need to shout out that guy because he is just a character and a half. Um he he oh, feeding super kicks to Brian 
Edge, you know, just to kind of get them out of the match. Um, we saw Edge bring back the Edgecution, Edgematic, which we ain't seen for a long, long time. Um, he done that to Jey Uso to take him out on the steel stairs. Um, it's the implant DDT, and he started from Gangrel. All this Edgematic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great shot. Um, yeah, we saw Daniel Bryan go through a table. Um, got powerbomb through a table from the top of the stairs, then edge speed Roman Reigns from said stairs. Um, Brian applied a yes lock to Reigns, a teasing, tapping out, but obviously he's never tapped out before. Um, we saw a spot where Edge had um, Roman in a cross face. Brian got on the other side, had him in a cross face as well. They started headbutting each other to see who was going to get the upper hand. Um, another spot where I think Edge had Roman pinned until Daniel Bryan pulled Edge out of the ring. Um, sorry, he pulled the referee out of the ring. Um, and from at this point, I thought like, you know, this this feud has really become more personal between Edge and Daniel Bryan rather than Roman, the champion, being at the centre of this feud. Um, so maybe that's something they can play off in the future. I don't know for how much longer Edge is sticking around. Um, but yeah, Edge pissed off as he was, went to get more chairs, um, laid out Daniel Bryan with the concerto. Um, Jay Uso then popped back up, I think gave a super kick to Edge, then Edge got speared by Roman. Um, he got laid out with a concerto. Roman dragged Edge's body on top of Daniel Bryan, pinned the both of them and um, retained the Universal Championship. And I'm not sure how many people got this, but he he laid this out on SmackDown on on Friday that he was going to smash these guys. He was going to pull them and stack them on top of each other. And he was going to pin them. Then they were going to let off a million dollars worth of pyro. And this is what I was asking in the group. Did Els clock what Roman said? Um, he said that he was going to do this and the whole world was going to acknowledge him. So, um, <laughs> yeah, a nice little bit of foreshadowing there in terms of how they put that together. But yeah, I just think it just shows Roman is our guy. We're going with with him for the foreseeable future. And um, for once, what I really enjoyed was Roman sticking it on the crowd when they were all shouting, you suck. And for once, Roman Reigns can actually reply because he's not pretending to be the baby face anymore. He can actually say, you know, shut the hell up to you guys. And yeah, it was, it was this was a really good match. And it, it shows that Vince is happy that he's in this role now because you know for so many years Vince stopped him from wanting to be the heel and you know it was trying to so adamant no no I'll stick with it like he did with Cena you know he just made never made Cena turn heel and he's what he's looking like he was gonna do exactly the same thing to Reigns but it seems like Vince knows okay you know what this is you're perfect in this role you're doing amazing things let's uh let's go with it and uh yeah I think rain the Roman Empire is gonna reign for a very no pun intended see what I did there lyricism but um it's gonna reign for a very very long time uh Tay let's go to you because I know this is your boo um <laughs> you must be really happy uh with how this match went I mean yeah I was um I was always hoped, <laughs> hoped he'd keep it but obviously I just thought you know what there's a reason why Edge is in this match. It was either going to be him or Edge. Um, and I'm glad he kept it. Um, and it definitely kind of goes along with his character. For, it, for him to have lost it, it would have taken a bit of work for him to kind of get it back and keep keep that character, keep safe face with that character. But I'm glad like they've seen that this is this character is long term. Like this needs to go on for a long time. 
yeah, there were some great spots in the match. I'm, I'm, I'm quite glad that they added Daniel Bryan to give it that extra different element. And I loved that spot where they did when they had um, Roman Reigns with the leg of the chair and they're both headbutted. Like, that was, that, was, that was a great, great spot. But yeah, it was, it was just it was a great match. It was. Um, can I just, can I give a shout out? Obviously, D. Bryan's my guy. I love Daniel Bryan. Shouts to Bryan all day. But Edge, let me give a shout out to Edge. You see Edge. Edge's facials, yeah. Listen. Crazy. Edge is, like, this time around. Last year, I was a bit touch and go with Edge. But you know what? Even last year, I'm going to tip my hat to Edge. Because even last year, with the whole Randy Orton match and stuff, he, he did quite well. But this time, he's not playing. I'm loving this, this kind of dark Edge. He's kind of gone a bit crazy. He's very, you know, this Edge is a heel. Edge was, yeah, is a heel. Like, this this feud was pants until Daniel Bryan got involved and made him kind of go to that place. And yeah. his promo on Friday, his performance in this match, like this is what this is the edge everyone signed up for. Not yeah. you know some comeback tour right. kind of edge. And he, like. and he cut a very good promo on SmackDown with Paul Heyman before Mania. Um, talking smack. Yeah, I'm talking smart. It was incredible. Mm. So big up to Edge too. And he, that, yeah, like you said, the little bruises on his face. He, that, he just looks like an old, crazy man. Like, like rugged. rugged. Yeah, rugged. And yeah, Beth Phoenix must be wanting another baby soon. Blue, uh, <laughs> your thoughts on this match, my friend? Hmm. Yep, good. I liked it. I also like the fact that we took the opportunity because the goody, the good guys can't always win. And it's getting to that point where, you know, when it's always this person that cashes in or this person that wins and stuff like that, the statistics start getting silly. So, I, yeah, it was it was good. I believe I called Roman Reigns. Who else called Roman Reigns? Tay they, they definitely called Roman Reigns. No, I no, I Edge. Edge. I said oh. Edge. Oh, Edge. Oh, you said Edge. Mm-hmm. I so called you called Roman Reigns. I said DB. And yeah. Mets, what did you say? I probably said Edge. Okay, you guys thought... I thought I could have sworn you said it was Roman Reigns. No, no, no I right. said I wanted it to be Roman, but it just oh, looks like edge. it's gonna be edge. Because it makes, yeah. So I think what you, the way you got is like um, when it comes to this event, I'd say like best for business was the triple threat main event. My favorite wrestling match was Seth Rollins versus Cesaro, and the best WrestleMania match was Bianca Belair versus Tasha Banks. I think yeah. that's like, yeah. I mean. Do you think? I mean, yeah, yeah. Just, absolutely. Because yeah. now, because now, what would you have really done if Edge had won or Daniel Bryan? What can you really do? Reigns was Reigns was definitely the right decision. 100%. Now for the next year, you've got who's going to beat him. The only problem is the only guy to come back and try and beat him is is no is Brock. But Brock's going to be hopefully over with Lashley. So who is the guy? Can, oh, come on, you know who it is. This is the point of wrestling, isn't it? At the you end of wrestling, you're either going to go, oh, that's great, champ, or you're meant to go, who's going to beat this son of a gun? So it, it works. You know who it is, but he's not going to beat him, but you know who the main match is going to be. Go ahead. This time next year. Come on, guys. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's The Rock. Yeah. You think The Rock is doing Dallas? I thought I thought The Rock was going to do the LA. Oh, Hollywood. That's when he... Dallas is next. Dallas is next year. Why does, it, why does he have to do Hollywood? No, I just you just assume in it because it's LA, it's the rock. It's gonna be the rock. Hey guys, just because you've said a couple of words, I just want to um bring up a couple of things. The rock and LA Knights. Please give me your opinion, guys. <laughs> we I we spoke about this on the last one. Hey, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if there's any uh, if there's any white guys who listen to this, uh, I'm on their WhatsApp group and they said some stuff about us. 
<laughs> you know what, guys? LA Knights came up and The Rock, and then they started mentioning Elvis, and they went, hey, hey, guys, how are you? And they went, shut up, you Justin Timberlake, Eminem motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I'm, I'm just letting you know, some words were said. Um, also, and because of this, I went to check out LA Knights, and it is uncanny, isn't it? Exactly. Like, exactly. But it's it's fascinating because it's like one of the best impressions I've ever seen in my entire life. So what he's leaving money on the table because what's what's white rock? Granite? Marble? If he called himself the granite, do you know what I mean? Could you imagine that? If he called himself the granite or the marble, the granite says something. Well, I'm, gonna take, I'm even going to take my glasses off in the same way and point. Let me tell you, and I, I'm fascinated by him. I'm guys, um, your opinion, no. guys? Uh, no, no, thank you. Uh, oh. Nathan, so at Nathan Stokes 08, he says, did anyone think some of these matches just didn't feel big enough for Mania? I feel like it was about 2.5 out of 5 overall. And it's just because they are lacking some big name stars. What do your what's your thoughts on what he had to say? I think this is one of the the um, the downsides of a two night mania, because you you want to get everyone on the card, but then some feuds aren't there yet. They're not mania level feuds, and then some talent aren't mania level talents. But you want to try and fill it out, and um, I mean. To be honest, it can easily be solved by just telling compelling stories on TV. So we want to see uh, the blow off. And then when we get to Mania, we actually have the blow off and not Alexa Bliss now sitting at the top of a box and this feud is going to continue. So, yeah, they, I mean, it's, it's, it's the truth, isn't it? Uh, I, think, I, think, I think two and a half is very generous because I would give it a two. Mm. I'm not making a joke. I would give this a two out of five. What, do you, what about you guys? Okay. Okay, let's okay, let's do this now. Let's rank what we ranking menu out of five. So Flu, you're saying two? Yep. Tay. Um I'd give it a three. Max. I think I'm with Tay. I'll give it a three, I think. I'ma say a three because I really enjoyed night one. Night two was really bad. Shout out to Jay Reed, uh a big listener to the a big support of the shows. Always been listening to the kick out from the start. What's Bray White's next gimmick going to be? He's going in with Sister Abigail. I don't know what he's going to do with that, but Sister Abigail's here now. They <laughs> We're going to see how done, this happens. They should have just done Alexa Bliss absorbing all his powers and he just turns back to regular Bray or something. like This, this shouldn't continue. Uh, shout out to Kofi. He says, did anybody else think Wale would cause a distraction to, to help Big E win against Apollo Crew? No, no, no. no. I, bet, I bet Big E Richie did. Uh, shout out to Liam. He said, I'll be honest, I didn't even know it was Wale. What up? <laughs> shout I'm, not sure, I'm not sure I know who Wale is. What up? Uh, we got a question here from Liam. Uh, night one or night two? Felt like night two was a bit flat to me no doubt there was some decent matches but night one was a bit more of the peak of WrestleMania maybe Roman retire retaining didn't give it that wow factor I don't know so try, I think he thinks that maybe if Roman didn't retain the title it could be a better ending of night two I disagree I think, yeah. Roman, I think Roman retaining the title was a very good choice 
Yeah. A very good show. By the time I had seen Orton Fiend and the women's tag match, I was just waiting for the main event at that point. Yeah, Nazi was had, done from there. Yeah, I thought the main event is going to be good. So I was just bantering on my phone and stuff and just waiting for that main event. Okay, I think that's all we have to do about the WrestleMania review. We're going to come back on the air tomorrow and do some raw after Mania talk, see where, 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 what, what decisions they make. Um, I'm assuming NXT also is on tomorrow, isn't it? The new NXT on Tuesday nights. So we'll be back doing more content this week and we'll probably get some AEW shows. Some people have been asking us, hey, what happened to AEW? Didn't do any AEW, but it's WrestleMania week and we're not going to talk about AEW during WrestleMania week, damn it. But um, yeah, we'll be back doing some more content. Uh, anything else before we go? All right, well, that's been the Kickout Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the WrestleMania review and stay tuned for some more episodes. Please follow us and subscribe as well. Peace. Bye.